everybody, and welcome to the Eagle's Nest Church Podcast, where we're committed to helping you soar in your faith, family, finances, friendships, and fitness. Get ready for today's message with Senior Pastor of Eagle's Nest Church, Lee Jenkins. Well, today we're going to be starting a new series called The Help, How to Experience the Power of of the Holy Spirit. I can't think of a better subject to um, explore at the beginning of the year because everything that we do should be powered by the Holy Spirit. And as you're going to see over the next four or five weeks, there are so many aspects of it and there are so many of us who don't know how to tap into the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to be talking about this over the next four or five weeks and you don't want to miss it, the help, how to experience the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Father, we come to you thanking you for the gift of the Holy Spirit, and Lord, we ask that you will teach us, that you will mold us, that you will give us insight, knowledge, and wisdom on the Holy Spirit. So Lord, we submit ourselves to you. And we don't want to operate in our flesh and by our emotions and certainly by what the world tells us to do. Lord, we want to be led by you in everything that we do. So, Lord, what we're saying right now is we need you. Speak to us today. Change us today. Transform us today. We submit our hearts to you, our minds to you, our souls to you, our bodies to you, right now. Lord, may the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Speak to your people today through your word and help me to encourage them. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can we give the Lord one more round of applause? If he is your fence, if Jesus is your fence, yes, he's worthy to be praised. Well, I want to say one more time, Happy New Year to everybody, and I'm excited about what God is going to do in your life in 2024 and even in the life of our church. The story is told of a guy who wanted to buy a new refrigerator, and he wanted one of these fancy refrigerators, the kinds that will do everything for you. I mean, it would make distill or you know, water, it would would just do the purifying system as it relates to water. It will give you all kinds of different variations of ice, you know, crushed ice cube ice. Uh, Man, it even had a little music stereo uh, in the refrigerator. This was a fancy refrigerator, but the guy wanted to save a little money, so when he went to pick the refrigerator up, Um, At the department store, he brought some of his friends there uh, to to, to put it on the truck. They took the refrigerator home, and um, he went out and bought groceries because he was excited. He wanted to fill this refrigerator up with all of the great goodies. So he got milk and ice cream and fruits and vegetables and all kind of meats. I mean, the refrigerator was filled. He was pretty happy. And then the next morning, he comes 
back and he opens his refrigerator, comes down to the room, and um, the milk is not cold. Uh, The ice cream has melted. Some of the vegetables are already starting to turn some, you know, weird-looking colors. And, and, And the bottom line, the guy figured out that the refrigerator is not working. He was pretty upset because he had spent a lot of money. So he got the department store on the phone, and he said, hey, y'all, this, this refrigerator that I bought, it's not working. It's, it's malfunctioning. It's not doing what it is supposed to do. And then the guy on the other line, he said, well, put your ear up to the refrigerator and see if you can hear the motor. So he put his ear up in the refrigerator. He couldn't hear anything. And then the guy said, open the door and see if the light comes on. And he opened the door and it was dark. No light came on. And then the guy said, okay, look behind the refrigerator and see if it's plugged up. He looked behind the refrigerator and lo and behold, it was not plugged up. So he came back and on the phone, he said, sir, it's not plugged up, but it's As much money as I spent on this refrigerator, it should work anyway without being plugged up. (laughs) You see, what this guy didn't understand is that even though the refrigerator had all of this special equipment, even though this refrigerator could do some, some really fancy and special things, even though this refrigerator had the infrastructure to make people's lives better by keeping the food cold, If you don't plug it into electricity, it won't work. The refrigerator is designed to work by something that you and I call electricity. So without electricity, it won't work. Our lives as men and women of God are designed to work by the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay? And a lot of us are looking at our lives and we're wondering, why are things melting in our life? Why does it seem like my life is being spoiled in certain areas? Well, it's because we're not plugged in and totally dependent on the Holy Spirit. And, and, and if a refrigerator doesn't work for a long time, the food inside the refrigerator spoils. And some of our lives are spoiling. It's not fresh anymore. Spiritually, financially, relationally. And, and, and we, we're asking, well, I, I just don't know what to do. I'm trying to do the best I can. Well, maybe that's the problem. That you're doing all the work. And you're not relying on the most powerful force ever in the world. And that is the power of the Holy Spirit. So I'm hoping that as we... Look at the Holy Spirit over the next few weeks that your life will be transformed. Now, today, we're going to just take a dive into what I believe is one of the most controversial and misunderstood subjects, and that is the subject of the Holy Spirit. You all, it's not just an addendum to the Christian faith. 
It is, it is the core of the Christian faith. It is the heart of the Christian faith. This is not just some kind of add-on, something that just, it would be nice if I could understand it. It would be nice. No, your life can't work the way it's supposed to work without the power of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is what we need to succeed. So I want to speak to you today from the subject, the help you need to succeed. What is this help that we need to succeed? Because all of us want to be successful, and we need help. The Holy Spirit is the help that we need to succeed. Now, when I say Holy Spirit... Or Holy Ghost. See, I grew up saying the Holy Ghost. Yeah, maybe y'all grew up real sophisticated. Because I grew up in a black Baptist church, and I didn't even know they called the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit until I got to college. It was the Holy Ghost in the hood. We called the Holy Ghost. In fact, when I say that word, the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, it may conjure up an image or an experience to you, depending on your religious background. Because when most people think of the Holy Spirit, they think of an experience or a one-time event. I grew up in a black traditional Baptist church in the hood. And we used to say when somebody got happy, they got the Holy Ghost, okay? And I remember my parents saying, "Woo, so-and-so got the Holy Ghost today. That meant that they jumped up and danced a little bit and shouted. Or maybe the preacher, they, I would hear him say, oh, he had the Holy Ghost on him today. He was hooping. Woo, he was hooping. So in, in the black church, we, we call the, the, the Holy Ghost, it was like a, an experience, a one-time uh, uh, something that happens to people during the church service. The Holy Ghost got him. I was a little kid. I said, I hope the Holy Ghost never gets me. <laughs> I was scared of the Holy Ghost because the stuff I saw people doing, I'm like, man. But, but in the Baptist, especially the traditional Baptist black context, that's, that's kind of how we uh, relate it to the Holy Ghost. And then when I got in college, I started going to a Pentecostal church. And it went up a whole nother level. And, and, <laughs> I'm like, my God, are these folks crazy in here? If you weren't dancing, if you weren't shouting, if you weren't speaking in tongues, if somebody wasn't laying hands on you, if you weren't slain in the spirit, and I'm not saying any of that is wrong, some of it was legit, some of it wasn't. Okay, let's just be real. Yeah, I've been in those lines before where somebody prayed on me and the joker was trying to push me down. And I did this. I said, if I'm going to fall out in the spirit, it's going to be the spirit. It ain't going to be because you're trying to push me down. Then he kept on pushing me. Then I like looked at you want to fight, bro? I'm like, but, but that was, I, I would be lying to you, though, if I said that I did not see some miraculous things 
I, I did. So in the Pentecostal uh, experience, I, I did see the Holy Spirit working, but it was, it was very different. And, and then many of my friends uh, went to like a Catholic church or Episcopal church, um, and I remember going to church with them. And if somebody said, amen, folks would look around. You were supposed to be quiet because the Holy Spirit in those contexts meant quietness, soberness. Then there were certain religious rituals, how they did communion and, and how they dedicated children. It was, it was the quieter it was, the more they sensed in their minds the presence of the Holy Spirit. So here's where I'm going with this. I don't want you to look at the Holy Spirit as just a feeling or just an experience. Now, I'm not saying that you can't feel the Holy Spirit. Yes. But your faith can't be dependent on what you feel. Because some of y'all didn't feel like coming to church this morning. Okay? So you don't base your faith on your feelings. But feelings are good. But they're not always an indication of what God is doing in your life. An experience is good, but it's still not always an indication. So here's what I'm saying. I am hoping over the next four to five weeks that you will know how to walk in the spirit, how to live a life full of the Holy Spirit in your everyday life. Y'all with me on that? So not just an unusual experience here and there. Not just when you get goosebumps when you hear your favorite song. But I'm talking about in your everyday life experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit. So obviously this is not going to be an exhaustive treatment of the Holy Spirit because that would literally take about a year. And we still wouldn't be able to uncover what God wants us to know. But I want to start off with some foundational passages found in the Gospel of John and the New Testament. But before I get to that, I want to answer just one powerful question for you to let you know where we're going. And here is the question right here. What and who is the Holy Spirit? That, that's all we're going to talk about today. I'm just laying the foundation. What, is, what and who is the Holy Spirit? Because, again, depending on our church background, even if you don't have a church background, many of us don't know what and who is the Holy Spirit. So before we unpack that question, I want to give you a little context. When the disciples needed help, they always had Jesus there to help them. When they failed in ministry, Jesus was there to encourage them in person. When they needed to pay taxes, it was Jesus who told them where to find the money. When they didn't have enough food to feed 5,000 people, Jesus turned the five loaves and two fish and to enough food to feed everybody. Jesus 
was Johnny on the spot for the disciples. When they caught no fish, it was Jesus who said, cast your nets to the other side. And they caught so much fish that their boats began to sink. Because the physical Jesus was there for them to depend on. When they were afraid out at the sea and they thought their boat was capsizing and they were afraid of the winds and the waves, guess who came walking on water and said, peace be still? The physical Jesus. So here's where I'm going. Whatever these disciples needed, Jesus was physically there to provide for them. Then one day, Jesus told his disciples, the time has come for me to leave you all. I'm sure the disciples looked at Jesus and said, what you talking about, Jesus? I'm sure the disciples were concerned about how they were going to make it without Jesus because they had become so dependent on Jesus. So Jesus responded to his disciples' concern, and I'm paraphrasing here, by saying, guys, chill out. Don't don't worry. Although I'm leaving, you're going to be fine because I'm sending you someone to take my place. No matter what your problem is, no matter what the circumstance, no matter what trial or frustration you're going through, no matter what irritation that you are experiencing, no matter what you come up against, this helper, this person that I am sending to take my place is going to be with you. So you don't have to worry about me leaving because I'm sending someone to do what I used to do. So, the Holy Spirit, y'all, if I had to boil down what Jesus was trying to say to the disciples at this incredible moment, it would be this. The Holy Spirit is like the invisible Jesus. I mean, if I just had to really boil down to it, he's saying, I'm still going to be with you. You just won't be able to see me. That, that's basically what he's saying. So all the, all the comfort that you used to take in me physically, all that dependency, I'm still going to be with you. You just won't be able to see me because I'm sending a helper. Now let's look at Jesus' words to these concerned disciples. We're going to go through a few verses in the Gospel of John. We're going to be reading from the New American Standard Bible. And our first verse is John chapter 14, verses 16 through 18. Let's look at it. Jesus says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper, presupposing that I have been the helper, but now I'm giving you another helper that he may be with you forever. Then he goes on to say, the helper is the spirit of truth. By the way, the Holy Spirit doesn't work when you're lying, when you're deceiving, because that is the spirit of Satan, because Satan is the father of lies. 
So the Holy Spirit is sometimes referred to as the spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he remains with you and will be in you. Mm. Then look at this. Then he goes on to say, I will not leave you as orphans. I am coming to you. So I'm leaving you, but I'm not leaving you by yourself. Like a deadbeat dad would leave his children. I'm leaving physically, but I'm coming back to you just in another form. Okay, now let's look at John 15, 26. John 15, 26. It says, when their helper comes, talking about the Holy Spirit, and that's why we're calling this series The Help, whom I will send to you from the Father, namely the Spirit of Truth, who comes from the Father, he will testify about me. Mm. John 16, 7. But I tell you the truth. Now, this is, I love this right here. It is to your advantage that I am leaving. In other words, it's best for me to leave, disciples. I'm going to explain that in a moment. For if I do not leave, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So Jesus is saying that it is to your advantage, it is to our advantage that he leaves and sends the helper. And he's going to send the helper to us. Wow. You all, the Greek word for helper is a word called paraclete. Paraclete. Paraclete means counselor, comforter, or advocate. So sometimes when you read these verses about the Holy Spirit, you might see counselor, comforter, advocate. Paraclete. Now, a part of this word para, it refers to one who is called alongside to help. Para. That's why you have um, paramedics. They are called alongside to help you medically. That's why you have paralegals. They are called alongside attorneys to help them. And so the word paraclete means helper, counselor, comforter, or advocate. Now that brings me back to this verse, if you can go back to it. When he says the, in verse 7 in John 16, why does he say it is to your advantage? In other words, Jesus was saying, it is best that I leave. Well, one of the reasons is in the scripture, he says, because if I don't leave, you know, I won't be able to send him to you, meaning the helper. But it's a little bit more to it than that. Jesus's deity was encased in humanity. Now, what do I mean? His power was mostly relegated to wherever he was to his physical location. Why is that? Because this power of God, God himself, was still 
encased or relegated to a human body. So if Jesus went home with you after church and you said, my head's hurting, you would have Jesus right there at your dining room table to pray for you. That's why people were trying to get to Jesus. That's why the woman with the issue of blood was trying to get to Jesus to touch the hem of his garment. Because they knew if I could just hear him, if I could just see him, if I could just touch him, then I would be all right. Because his power was primarily relegated to one physical location because he could only be in one place at a time because he was in a human body. But the Holy Spirit is ubiquitous. It it can be everywhere at the same time. So I could have Jesus at my house and you could have Jesus at your house. And everybody else who calls on the name of the Lord could have Jesus because that is the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what Jesus meant when he says, it is to your advantage that I leave because right now me being in this body, this human body, I am relegated to my location. But when the helper comes, the power of God can be everywhere at the same time. Y'all get that? So here's the big question that a lot of people ask. When does the helper or the Holy Spirit initially come in our life? Look at this statement right here. When a person wholeheartedly trusts and follows Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, at that very moment, the Holy Spirit comes into their life. I just need to establish that first. Now, we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks, are there other experiences we could have in the Holy Spirit? Are there other feelings that we can have? Uh, Feelings meaning F-I-L-L-I-N-G? Yes. But you're not, you don't have to go searching for something that you don't have. You already have the Holy Spirit when Jesus is your Lord. We ought to give God praise for that. But the power of the Holy Spirit will really depend on how plugged in you are in terms of how that power works. But you do have that power as soon as you come to know the Lord. So here's what I want to do right quick. I want to attempt to answer the question, what and who is the Holy Spirit? I have two points. I'm going to go through them pretty quick. And I'm hoping that this will give you a good foundation. Okay? Number one thing you need to know is this. The Holy Spirit is a divine person. So who or what is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is a divine person. Not like you and I, but a divine person. That's why it's called the Holy Spirit. Because it's divine. It's something that God orchestrated. It is the Spirit of God. It's holy. The Holy Spirit is a person we can know and relate to. It's not just a force. It's not just an experience. It's not just a thing or an it. It's not just a power. 
How do we know this? Well, when the Bible speaks of the Holy Spirit, many, many times it uses personal pronouns. The Bible speaks of the Holy Spirit as one would speak of a person. Let me give you an example. John 14, verses 25 and 26. Look at this. These things I have spoken to you while remaining with you. Then he goes on to say, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he, personal pronoun, will teach you all things and remind you of all that I have said to you. There are numerous scriptures that emphasize the fact that the Holy Spirit bears the attributes of one having a personality, intellect, emotion, and a will. Some verses even say that the Holy Spirit guides. And I hope you have experienced the Holy Spirit guiding you. The Holy Spirit can also speak. So when most people, and if you hear me say this, I have never audibly heard God speak to me. Now, some people say they have. I have never heard it audibly But I might as well had heard it audibly because it was so strong what God was speaking to me about. But it was he was speaking to me because it was the Holy Spirit speaking to me. It was like somebody hitting me. It was that strong. So the Holy Spirit can speak. The Holy Spirit hears. So when you're praising the Lord. And then you leave church and then you cussing somebody out. The Holy Spirit hears that. And then you know what happened? The Holy Spirit also grieves. You can make the Holy Spirit sad. So these are attributes that you and I have as human beings. These are attributes that are similar to a person. So here's what I'm saying. Look at this statement. The Holy Spirit is a person we can know and relate to, not just a force or power to be used. Now, is it a force? Yes. Is it a power? Yes. Do I want you to use that power and learn how to use it over the next few weeks so it can change your life? Yes. But you got to understand, it's a person we can know and relate to. And if you want the power... You need to know the person. Okay? See, a lot of us just want the power, but we don't want to be intimate with the person, the person of Jesus Christ. So my daughter, my daughter, y'all, have three kids. My daughter, um, when she was a teenager, she loved to shop. Okay? And, And she, you know, I was just, you know, her just knighting shining armor when the kids are small. Daddy comes home, daddy, 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 hugging my leg. And boy, when she hit about 15 years old, didn't want to be around daddy because it wasn't cool to be around daddy. So she would tell me, take me to the mall. I said, okay, I need to go to the mall too. So we get out of the car and some of her friends are waiting for her at the mall and we're walking down the the corridor and she said, daddy, uh, don't you walking too close to me. Can can you go over there, go to your store? In other words, it wasn't cool 
to be walking at the mall with your daddy. So she didn't want to experience the person of, of Lee Jenkins, her daddy, because it wasn't cool. But she would go into a store and see something she liked and come back out, hey, daddy, uh, can you give me some money? I want to buy. So now she wants the power. And I said, no, you didn't, want, you, you didn't know me 15 minutes ago. You were ashamed of me 15 minutes ago. If you were ashamed of me, I'm going to do you like Jesus. I'll be ashamed of you. So it was interesting. She wanted the power, but she didn't want the person. She wanted the power, but, but she didn't want the, the, the intimacy that you have and the relationship with the person. We do the same thing. We want the Holy Ghost power, but we don't want to spend time with Jesus. We, we don't want to get intimate with Jesus, but we want all this power. You can't have the power unless you have the person, the relationship. The last thing I want you to know about the Holy Spirit, and there are many things, is the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is God. Come on, let's give God praise for that. The Holy Spirit is God. When you ignore the Holy Spirit, you are ignoring God. When you don't want to acknowledge the Holy Spirit, you don't want to acknowledge God. Now, there are many verses, but I'm going to go to one of the most popular ones that we hear, especially when we do baptisms. It's known kind of as the Great Commission, but let's look at Matthew 28, 19. Jesus gives this commission, which is all of ours our marching orders as men and women of God. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not a lesser or different kind of being than God the Father or God the Son. The Holy Spirit is God, the third member of the Trinity. Now, the Trinity refers to the reality that God is one in essence, yet three distinct persons. Now, I am not smart enough theologically to explain this concept adequately because I don't think anybody can. 100%. So the way my mind works, and I'm not saying this is an adequate illustration or metaphor, but it might help you a little bit. Let me say this. The Father is not the Son. The Son is not the Spirit. Yet each one is equally and fully God. Let me show you an illustration. The egg and the pretzel. An egg is an egg. But an egg, an egg rather has three parts to it. It has the outer shell. It has the white stuff, you know, underneath the shell. And then it has a yolk. It's still an egg. 
God is still God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. A pretzel is a pretzel, but it has three different holes. It's still one pretzel, but it has three different holes. I am one person, Lee Jenkins, but I'm a father, I'm a son, I'm a husband. I'm still the same person. You still can experience me, but I have at least three roles, major roles, that I play in my family. So the Holy Spirit, you all, is God. I want to close with a very powerful and sobering story found in Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. I'm going to be reading it from the New Living Translation. Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Let's look at it. But there was a certain man named Ananias who with his wife, Sapphira, sold some property. Nothing wrong with that. They sold some property. Now look and see what happened. He brought part of the money to the apostles. Nothing wrong with that. Sell property, sell business, give it to the, some of it to the church. Nothing is wrong with that. But he claimed it was the full amount. In other words, he told the pastors, told the people, I just sold some property. Here is the full amount. Let's just say he sold the property for $250,000. And he brought $100,000 and said, this is the full amount. And he did it with his wife's consent, but he kept the rest. Let's look and see what it says. Then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit. And you kept some of the money for yourself. Then it goes on to say, the property was yours to sell or not sell. In other words, we didn't tell you to sell the property. You didn't even have to sell it. He says, so it was yours to sell or not to sell as you wish. After selling it, the money was also yours to give away. In other words, we didn't tell you to give it. You decided to give it. Then he goes on to say, how could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. So, What's my point? In subsequent verses, 6 through 11 in this story, Ananias' wife fell dead. You know what? I missed this verse. This is important. As soon as Ananias heard these words, this is the guy who lied to the Holy Spirit, lied to the apostles, but he really lied to the Holy Spirit. He fell to the floor and died. Everyone who heard about it was terrified. And in subsequent verses 6 through 11, Ananias' wife also falls dead. Why? Because they lied to the Holy Spirit. So the point here is that lying to the Holy Spirit is tantamount to lying to God. So y'all, this is an important thing. How we relate to the Holy Spirit. And some of you all, your life has been a rowboat. You just push it, push it, 
using your own energy and your own flesh. But God wants us to be a speedboat where we are on that water and we're going and we're going fast and it's exciting because there is another source of power that is powering us and allowing us to do what we wouldn't be able to do in our own power. Are you a rowboat or are you a speedboat? The only way you're going to be a speedboat is you have to have the power of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, in your life. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place. Come feel this place. Come feel this atmosphere. Your glory, Lord, is what our hearts long for. So, Father, I'm praying for those who either have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of their life, who have never submitted and surrendered their life to Jesus. I'm also praying for those who have made a decision, but their life is like a, like a rowboat. It's hard. It's difficult. And it is those two people who I want to pray for. So with all heads bowed, all eyes closed, if you have never received Jesus Christ and accepted him and submitted to his lordship, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. Those of you online, this goes for you too. And I just want all of you, whether you've said this prayer or not, to repeat after me, and maybe this will help someone who's saying it for the first time. Say, dear Lord, right now, by the power of your Holy Spirit, come into my life change me, transform me, make me a new person. Forgive me of my sins. I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. And I believe that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. So I confess that with my mouth and believe in my heart that the Holy Spirit can change me and save me. Do that right now. In Jesus' name, amen. With all heads bowed, all eyes closed. If you're saying, Pastor Lee, I'm not going to ask you to come up. No, yes, I am. If you want to give your life to Jesus Christ right now, or if you're saying, I am committing to surrender more to the Holy Spirit because my life has been more like a rowboat than a speedboat. I'm not going to ask you to come forward, but I am asking any of you, even those of you online, to just stand right where you are. Nothing to be ashamed of. You're saying, I'm either, I'm either giving my life to the Lord or I'm either saying, Lord, I need more of your presence. I need more of your Holy Spirit. Would you just stand right where you are right now? Nothing to be ashamed of. Just stand right where you are. And I just want to have a special prayer for those who are standing. A special prayer. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. It's nothing to be ashamed of. I hope you want more of his presence. 
I hope if you don't have Jesus in your life that you want to have him in your life. So, Father God, I thank you for these people who are standing right now, either because they want to give their hearts to Jesus or because they want to experience the realness and the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and their life has felt like a robo. It's, it's, it's been tough. It's been strenuous. So, Lord, right now, by the power of your Holy Spirit, as they surrender to you, as they give their life over to you, as they plug into you and depend on you, Lord, I'm praying that you give them strength. I'm praying that you give them courage. I'm praying that you will make whatever is in their life straight. If it's crooked, make it straight. If it's dead, I'm praying that you bring it alive. So I'm praying, Lord, I'm praying that you will just do a mighty work in them in their family, in their faith, in their finances, in their bodies, touch their bodies and heal them if they need a touch. Do a great work in them right now, Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give the Lord praise. And you can stand, please. Welcome back. We hope you were blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about Pastor Lee or Eagles Nest Church, visit our website at eaglesnestchurch.org. That's all one word, eaglesnestchurch.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay connected with us throughout the week. If you're ever in the Atlanta area, we would love for you to come and worship with us on Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Until next time, Eagles.